0: Sympathy is a tricky commodity in film noir. It's a slippery thing, shifty and often misplaced. And that's if we're lucky to have any at all. In a genre that operates within the morally gray and often beyond, attention is lavished on moments of greed, of lust, and of power. Rarely is it reserved for the more humanizing moments of its characters. We have left behind the cinema of Renoir and Visconti and are firmly rooted in something more fatally American that this shape owes much to directors, often German, who fled the specter of European fascism, well, that's all part of how we got here. The golden age of Hollywood noir is brimming with men who would sell their souls for just a little more in life. And where souls are on the market, there will always be devils. Villains abound in classic noir and the surest way into what most protagonists' hearts, minds, and wallets is a savvy femme fatale. They can be a real thrill to the process, watching a man's slow motion downfall brought about by arrogance or incompetence or his own shifting moral flexibility. And sometimes, during that journey, it's the devil you find yourself rooting for. Sympathy, after all, is a tricky thing. What's your new book about?
1: A detective. He falls for the wrong woman.
0: What happens?
1: She kills him.
0: Suppose you get down off your motorcycle and give me a ticket. Suppose
1: I let you off with a warning this time. Suppose it
0: doesn't take. You're not too smart, are you? <laughs> I like that in a man. Hate is a very exciting emotion. I hate you so much that I think I'm going to die from it. What have we done to each other? What will we do? I'm not apologizing for what I did. I'm apologizing for
1: what I did. Hello, and welcome to Celluloid Dirt, where two friends get together and watch new and familiar noir films, and then talk about them. I'm one of those friends, Tristan Johnson, joined by my friend,
0: Fred Pelzer,
1: and tonight is one for the saps, the easy marks, the patsies, the simps, our season, <laughs> our season may be centered on the femme fatale, but every femme's got to eat. So we're shining the spotlight on a couple of down on their luck Joes in in hopelessly over their heads. So true,
0: the Soy Boys. Oh,
1: (laughs) we're going to be talking up Richard Wallace's 1947 small town noir, framed. But first, it's one of the masters of the genre, Fritz Lang, with the most renowned of his 40s era noirs, Scarlet Street. Let's roll the trailer. Well, uh, look, uh, Kitty, uh, since I'm old enough to be your father... Uh... You're not so old. You must be an artist, right? Well, I... Uh, yes, yes, I, I paint. Of oh, course, you're a painter. I love painting. To think I took you for a cashier.
0: All right, Scarlet Street, uh, directed by Fritz Lang, and starring Edward G. Robinson, Joan Bennett, and Dan Duryea. Uh, and it's based on the French novel *La Chienne*, which we have covered previously uh, in the film adapted by Jean Renoir. Jean Renoir, Jean, Renard, Jean Renoir, uh, just a mm-hmm. few weeks back. Uh it's based
1: on our French.
0: All... <laughs> uh, you know, yes. I,
1: I have an excuse for being bad at French because I live in in New Orleans, and we pronounce every French word wrong here
0: i mean my wife grew up in a town ne- uh next to a town called marseilles so you know that's just sort of the the u.s way of doing things um uh, but uh but yeah good old eddie g plays crisscross uh not to be confused with the movie crisscross which also has dandaria in it uh, a timid clerk and artist worn down by his overbearing wife and gets taken for an easy mark by joan bennett's kitty march and her scheming boyfriend johnny played by Daria. It unfolds much as it did in La Chienne, with Kitty first accepting money from Chris, then stumbling onto the illicit sale of his art. Chris plays the fool for a long time, but eventually gets wise, only to lash out with devastating rage. Things end poorly for both Kitty and Johnny, but it's Chris who faces a prolonged hell of his own making. Uh, what's what's your relationship with the film? Have you seen it before?
1: I have seen it before. Um, mm. I, uh, I have seen... I think I've seen all... I, I've seen a bunch of um Lang Bennett collaborations uh and and uh and this was the first one but uh but uh woman in the window um is is all three of them together mm-hmm. uh, and and it's pretty good uh, secret beyond the door Bennett's in um she's in manhunt which uh that I feel like her and Lang had a a good thing going
0: yeah I mean she's tar- like the She's doing what he wants. It seems like, um, and it's fun. You know, uh, no, I liked her in this.
1: If you if you were taken by uh, Dan Durya in in this, um, he he's the highlight of Woman in the Window. He's just oh he, just pure when and he doesn't appear until like like halfway through the movie. And when he does, it's just this injection of pure sleaze. And he's still wearing that damn skimmer hat.
0: Um, no, yeah, I mean one of my favorite performances of his is the. Um, the Fail son he plays in Little Foxes.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that movie in ages. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that was his big I, that was I his like big
0: him. breakout. I was reading up on it after this. his I, career.
1: I like I like his presence. Um he's just he knows he knows his uh his angle and he's very good at it. Uh what about <laughs> so you, Todd? What's, what's your No, see, so
0: yeah, this is my first time watching Scarlet Street. Um again, it was one of those ones that's been on my to watch list for a long time. And then eventually I was like, well, we're doing a noir podcast. I'm gonna watch it. So it's the
1: only um, the only uh, lang noir you've seen uh, big heat? That can't be right. Have you He's seen done. Fury? Fury's good too, but it's like a pre-noir, but Fury, oh, Fury's No, I haven't big. seen
0: Fury. Maybe this is his only noir. I mean, I've definitely seen a few langs at this point, but um this might be this might be the only noir. But yeah, no, I mean like all these actors are great. It's really fun getting to see um Robinson in a in like a nice guy role. He's so often either playing a gangster or at least the films that i've seen of his are either playing a gangster or even in something like um double indemnity you know it's still like he's very charming and likable but he's still like a he's still kind of a hard edge in that and it's just really fun to get to see him play a, a softy here
1: i think he's got he's got range um uh, as, just as an actor and i don't yeah. think anyone would ever d- dispute that uh but uh but yeah i think if you're if, uh you know, if you are coming at this from a Lang perspective, um there there's uh there there's stuff of interest if you're coming at it from an Edward G uh perspective. Um he it's a, it's a nice variation on his uh his usual performances and uh it's so and, soulful and, here.
0: It's like um Joaquin Phoenix doing her doing her, where he's huh. like, Oh yeah, you can, you know, you just yeah, be very charming. Except here, you know, kill somebody. Right. There's <laughs> and, that.
1: Well, oh, yeah maybe there's another version of her where things turned out a little different I don't know um, um that i I love Bennett in this I think she's mm-hmm. I, I think she's just like she's, doing yeah, exactly she, what that role needs and, right
0: she's just chewing up that dialogue like every chance she gets
1: also I I love a good villainous couple mm. it's just so it's so fun and and her and Daria are 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 quite good together and and you like see their kind of sleazy magnetism but you know there's just some pleasure in watching uh in in watching a couple plot uh and and be devious together and and cause others undoing right and and as with the I
0: think I'm sure we'll get to this overall but um I, I do think one of the things that this does better than the original French version is that it it does a really good job underlining the ways in which she is doing unto Robinson that Durya is doing unto her, right? Like literally, she'll finish doing something to to his sucker, and then turn around and take an, a a similar form of abuse from Durya and being led on by promises that'll never come to pass, like with the ring.
1: Uh, the, I don't know the whole the whole trio at the the center here. They're all pushing and pulling in just the the right way, and of course, you're like just watching as 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 the, this poor sap uh, crisscross get, getting getting roped in, and you know he's you know he's a goner because because and this is how good um, how good Bennett is at at uh, at playing this. She knows the the way to really hook a man is not to tell him he's handsome, but to tell him he's a good artist. And he's hopeless after that point. So so the, it's such a different. It's the it's the same story, right? Um, but just that hard boiled filter that's thrown over here, um, makes things play so differently. Uh, so and 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 I think right away of um of of the overbearing wife uh, of mm. of Chris is here, um, who's who's e who's also who's more overbearing even in in Renoir's. But um, but she's still plenty overbearing here, uh, and I and yet I feel like it, that that part feels more at home in this kind of movie to me.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can see that. And I, if I remember correctly, like this one gets more into suggesting that like Cross might kill her, right? Like a few times you're like, he's like, well, what if I wasn't married anymore? And you're like, is he getting ready to murder her?
1: Uh, you do worry. I wonder how much that we we never get there with. Um, um with Chienne and I, I I wonder if that's just because um because of um Michelle Simon's performance uh, that he's, he's, it, he's
0: I think it's played I think it's played more here like I think textually the well, film is and, playing that concern here
1: right. and also, um there's it feels like with with Robinson, there's just like you know, and maybe it's just because because of what history you bring to the roles with him. But you like you you know that he's put upon. You know that he's a sap. But you also feel like there is this underlying um capacity for for something. Within right. Him. That's no. it's and, fair. Yeah. And 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 it, and he, it does. Go he there. can
0: break, and he will break. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things that stood out to me is how much more. This version is about um, Cross's experience, right, and and also just sort of the, the plot machinations and the turns and like who finds out what when and that he sees that she's selling the paintings in the window and but agrees to go along with you know like there there's just a lot more focus I think on on information on in in this version as opposed to with Renoir like the the boy for the pimp we get to like spend multiple scenes with him outside of the context of any of these other characters, like all of the characters we get to like spend time with outside of the plot. And it feels like this is much more is is gone.
1: And, and it's reflected in, I mean, Bennett too, Bennett is so good at this and she chews up that dialogue, but um, but it is a hard-boiled character.
0: Like that's not, she's,
1: she's playing, she's playing a, a, villainous femme fatale whereas right. whereas in in la chienne we're actually getting some real um some real sympathy for her uh coupled it whereas here she's just no out. yeah uh, she's she's so cruel to him
0: right um, no they're all they're all bad people
1: they're all bad people and that's exactly that i and i and this is what works really well for this film for me because 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 um Bennett and Durya are the villains for a fair portion of the runtime right up until the moment where they are absolutely not and and it's uh and and then all of a sudden, chris is um who has been an adulterer this this whole time who we we have reason to not fully sympathize with, even as he's getting strung along right um and and when he murders her with an ice pick um, all the, all of a sudden you're like, no, well, he's like, like he is the actual monster here. And, and it puts it into a new context.
0: Uh, yeah. But even, I don't know. I feel like it's still not that the movie thinks he did the right thing, but I think, I think maybe one of the things. And so, you know, cards on the table. I, I, I like, but don't love this version and I do like the La Chienne version more. And I do wonder if part of it is that it like, La Chienne plays the whole thing as a tragedy. And so that characterization of him as a sap kind of works with that. But here, you know, I I do wonder for me, at least if the the script and Robinson's soulful winning performance prevents me from making that full switch and being like, ah, he was a monster the whole time. This was within him. I was like, I, I don't know. it didn't quite gel with. Do you,
1: do you not? Um, do you not think? To, to me, the everything that comes after um, he murders her is is about him being tormented for what he has done.
0: Oh yeah, no, he's tormented um,
1: and, and for sure. And I I feel like to me that's the film that that is the film punishing him. And yeah, you know, I think the film
0: punishes him, but it's not. I, I just didn't like that turn I never quite got there with the character I guess that I was like
1: why he would snap like that and he would snap
0: or and or just that like he's rotten too right like if that's the movie and the performance did too good of a job getting me on his side to be every step of the way to be like yeah and then he steals some money and then you know and again
1: Robinson didn't like it didn't like this movie um, and he got bored playing um, playing Chris, hmm. <laughs> um, so um uh, make hmm. that what you will <laughs> interesting. um you I mean, I can see that
0: it's like not a very and
1: apparently Renoir didn't like it um sure so
0: I mean that I can uh, definitely see. yeah, I mean, it's not like a particularly layered role, I would say
1: and and um, Robinson's character in Woman in the Window is not wildly different from this mm, uh, sure there there's there's certainly a lot of of overlap in in them um it. It does feel like if you watch Scarlet Street and Woman in the Window, um, as I did, um, years apart mm-hmm. from, from the first time you saw them, you would start to think of them very much the same in your head. Right, You
0: would start to be like, wait a minute, did I watch this already? No, that was yes. the other one. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing for me, too, is the, like, the ending to me of the Lang version of Scarlet Street is both like the... The denouement after her murder is very rushed, right? Like, I think that's the other big difference for me between the two movies is that Scarlet Street is about, like, what pushes a man to finally murder somebody and then how he is, you know, telltale hearted afterwards um, in a fashion that I personally found a little heavy handed with the, like, the ghostly voices and the existential like he's a man alone in the crowd visuals and, and that stuff um where's the
1: I, that the, that worked for me but i i totally get where you're coming from right. because it is such a it's a it's like a stylistic departure from everything that's come before it so right
0: and it's and it's just also like i get that. like i get it he feels bad about it but this is like yeah it 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 broke it a little bit for me but i think also that it's just it makes it makes the movie about like who kills who and who gets away with it. Whereas like the original is much more about like, again, the tragedy of these three characters and that they each pay in their own way. It just, just feels like a, a richer and more interesting and more integrated version of where it starts from. than you know, the ending feels much more noir. I think that's what it is. It's like the ending feels very noir And, but the first two thirds of it less so, I don't know. It's yeah, it just didn't, it didn't all quite, again, like I think everybody's good. I think, I think it's a script issue. Like ultimately what I have is a script problem. I think like Lang's doing good work. I think, you know, these are all very talented people involved in making this. So it just, to me, there's something about the humanist impulses of the source material that is fighting against the like noir pulp that the American version is, is introducing into it.
1: I I think and I like I, I like both of them but I would give the I'd give the slight edge to, to Scarlet Street personally but I think I mean, it's that, definitely I like a better
0: made movie you know as we talked about Renoir was still kind of like figuring out movies it felt like but
1: honestly to me the because I like I like what Michelle Simone is doing in in La Chienne and I like what Robinson is doing here to me that the it's Bennett that pushes it mm-hmm. uh, that's above. fair just because I, yeah, I, I mean she's great so much here
0: as a whole again i thought yeah she's doing great
1: she works well at pushing pushing him in for sure uh, it's that it's watching if you want to if you want a good noir experience of watching a femme fatale manipulate um manipulate a man and toy with him and and get, really get in his head uh that is that is what's happening here because he's 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 so slow on the uptake mm-hmm. uh, that that yeah it when takes he him, when he's takes like him why are well, you selling our, it under our,
0: my name and he's like great you keep selling them I'm like buddy there's
1: buddy there's so much more inherent suspicion in our in our next offering
0: yes um, which is what I think whereas, what I liked
1: about it um, whereas this one he's just I, we should be talking about the patsy right we should be talking what is what's a good. What's a good patsy? What what what's our ideal noir patsy?
0: Right, I um, think it's suck, suckered in by a femme fatale,
1: um, and and Cross, and he's probably one of the one one of the patsies you would you would reach for first if you were. Oh no, he is the, the archetypal. Yeah, um, and and it and he's it, it, just so he he he's just so clueless as to what's mm. going on. And I think, like as an audience, um, you want to feel smarter than the patsy. You right. want to. You want to feel the, uh, a superiority, right? Um, and the, you don't feel... go up
0: those stairs of a horror movie. You're like, it's a trap. <laughs> Why can't you see this?
1: And there's always a limit to. There's a limit to that. Like you, there's mm-hmm. a there's a point where it becomes too too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I don't know. This I I feel like this one is. Is just poor Chris is just so so lost in the proceedings and he's he's doing so little to stand up for himself. Yes. And then the moment he does take real action, it's horrific,
0: right? Right, and in, in that sense, I don't know, kind of an interesting pairing with um the writer character from *Liber to Heaven, in that both are kind of just like pulled along, pulled along, pulled along until. Um, but the writer never really reaches a breaking point right he's just like "I'm maybe I'll finally leave my wife after she killed my brother
1: <laughs> he, he doesn't really <laughs> oh yeah. um...
0: I mean I do also wonder I mean like with this I don't know you know I, I think with the femme fatale right there's always such an interesting like meaty female characters on the one hand but the other hand still very much within the male gaze and especially in this kind of thing there's i think there's also an element of i I don't think this i don't even think as much as i maybe didn't click with this movie i don't think i'm like concerned about this in this film but i do think there is some strand of like uh, women really are out to get you and you're kind of maybe justified a little to hate them and, or want to kill them.
1: Oh, I think that comes up in the next one too. Sure. Um, I, I, I think that that's something I'd flagged specifically for framed as a, as, as a a philosophy at almost. Yeah. Well, I think especially
0: within these, because these, these two, especially in like this, this sub sub genre of like the patsy being taken by a femme fatale is such a victimizing, approach to a male lead right that like these are guys that are taken advantage of again and again until they finally reach a breaking point point. and so i think that i don't think either one actually quite goes that far into tipping over to like outright misogyny but i think someone coming from that point of view could easily access it and be like yeah these guys are fucking stepped upon and they deserved you know they should be able to stand up for themselves and and obviously like the text itself is like and then Chris Cross is is telltale hearted and he like is haunted for the rest of his days for the murder he committed it was not the right decision but still i think there is somebody could read a power fantasy into this that's not like the film's fault not- or responsibility it's just i think that some is an interpretation that could be taken from it
1: no i i, I hear you i thought about that too i just feel like the, the film O- almost over overcompensates and just going yes. so hard on on tormenting him that I don't th- I don't think the yeah this is, is more kind of-
0: less like Scarlet Street specifically and more the Patsy in general and like what the appeal part of the appeal in the Patsy Fatale relationship can be is the like you get stepped on one too many times and then you finally do something about it you know it's the falling down
1: so here's the other the other other side of the the Patsy though is like like to 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 enjoy that in a movie, I feel like you have to kind of like the villains. Um, you have to like. I I think having not
0: see. I think that's why I like Frame more probably, and we'll get into this. I think I like Frame more because he at least has a shot of figuring out what's going on. Right? It's. I'm like, is he going to get a?
1: Oh yeah, he's he's definitely not. Um, he's he's not a total dolt in... right and framed um I, I think that i think that's interesting i i'm like kind of cheering on not i, I don't want them to totally win but i'm like i i'm still i'm enjoying that them manipulating poor chris
0: sure and it, part of this is because i you know i had watched la chienne but i was the entire time i was never like man is chris gonna get out of figure out what's going on and get out ahead of this i was like oh this is gonna end bad just gonna end bad yeah. for everybody
1: yeah we know we know how this plays out. Yeah. Um,
0: but since cool. we started kind of talking about it, should we look at our, our other Patsy here?
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's jump on in. Uh, talk about 1947's framed. I want to go over this from beginning to end. That sign, dangerous curve on the right. That's where I stop and where you. I know.
0: Right. So directed by Richard Wallace and starring Glenn Ford, Janice Carter, Barry Sullivan and Edgar Buchanan and based on a screenplay by Ben Maddow. His first, he would go on to write The Asphalt Jungle and Johnny Guitar, two fantastic movies uh, with a story by John Patrick. So the plot of Framed. Glenn Ford plays Mike Lambert, a down on his luck mining engineer who barrels into a small mining town on a truck with bad brakes. Uh, and he crashes into local prospector Jeff. Uh, meanwhile, his employer leaves him high and dry. Um, Mike ends up paying Jeff himself directly out of his own wages to get, to get the man's car fixed, and then later gets arrested by his former employer, uh, but gets p- uh, bailed out by Paula, who has just met at the local bar. Paula and her lover Steve have been looking out for somebody just like Mike, specifically his body, uh, and they have plans for it. They're going to use him to make off with a spectacular sum of money from Steve's bank, and place uh, Mike in the car to play the part of crash victim and stage the banker's death. Uh, now, if only things would go according to plan.
1: That's cool. that's a lot of setup. It's
0: um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot uh, of scheming, but it
1: moves pretty quickly. It, it does. It does move pretty quickly. I, I thought, especially
0: because like it gets it gets to this like it it executes the plan like. In the back half of act two like by the halfway point it, this, it this kicks movie, off
1: this movie moves
0: yeah um, i got to the no I got, it. yeah
1: like it's <laughs> not as confusing of, as that sounds it's no uh, yeah it, it was it,
0: i i did a poor job reading tristan's writing as well but the um the yeah by the time you get to the uh like the plan happens and there's still another half hour to go. Like that's how quickly this thing moves. Is it's like okay, and now we've gone through that, but there's still more twists to come.
1: I can confidently say I had no idea where this was going. I'd not yeah, seen same. this before. Had had you? No, I, uh, I had no familiarity with this one. And we're not we're not done with uh, Glenn Ford or Barry Sullivan. They're gonna come uh, come up again real soon.
0: Oh yeah. Um, no, I think I really enjoyed Glenn Ford in this. Um, I think he's, he's
1: just uh, he's he's. Uh, made for noir and yeah. I, i'm
0: noirs and westerns right like he's just a b movie star through and through
1: i'm i am certainly biased because i i love the big heat to mm. death um but yeah just i'm always always happy to see him um and uh, and we're gonna get a different uh a different mold of uh, barry sullivan coming up in uh in next week's also oh yeah any other personal experience here with any of the any of the actors? With uh, I I'd never seen anything Richard Wallace has directed. Um, apparently, he did some Shirley Temple pictures, but I'm totally unfamiliar with him.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I was new for Richard Wallace and for um, Janice Carter. This is my first Janice Carter. Uh, not, not 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 particularly impressed with her. I gotta say.
1: I I that's that's part of my the the thing that holds me back is she she didn't quite sell what. For me, what what is a, a fairly tricky role. Yeah. Um there like there's a lot asked of the femme fatale here. Um
0: yeah, she like you're, yeah, you're really never quite sure which side she's playing, which, you know, is often the recipe for the best femme fatales, but um yeah, she's she doesn't quite carry the depth necessary to pull that off. Or she's not being given the chance to present it here yeah it's,
1: um, it's I, th- I think there at this point we've we've seen a few different molds that have been been carved out and you've got the you've got the the stanwick uh phyllis dietrichson as uh, as as someone more upper class and more uh and and certainly uh very very composed and then you have someone like joan bennett in uh in scarlet street that's a, a little more inelegant um and mm, and mm-hmm. and brasher um but um and and i do think uh, i Janice, Janice carters uh fine but i i think she doesn't hold up quite to the to some of the examples yeah. we've seen
0: interesting thing but, too is that shes predates the us postmano's rings twice but is sort of playing at first brush, a similar archetype, right? Where it's like a drifter comes to town, walks into the bar and meets the beautiful blonde who serves him and and is smitten. Except of course, you know, neither one is quite that, right? Like Ford never actually seems that taken with her. Um, And she's uh, kind of putting out a frontier to get what she wants.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic because she has a very clear objective Mm -hmm. um or it seems like it's clear and then it gets real muddy later um uh but it 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 seems perfectly clear and whereas he is he's got a lot going on
0: right he is just (laughs) you know he's getting fucked over every which way right like he his the the trucking job he takes is turns out to be kind of a scam he almost gets sent to prison He's trying to get this job his job as a mining alcoholism. engineer. <laughs> <laughs> like his alcoholism, <laughs> uh.
1: he, he has he has so much happening, and then and then she's in there trying to trying to push him around, and 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 he does he he seems a bit prone to violence and and a bit prone to misogyny and does not seem to, does not want a woman bailing him out and does not. Resents that, and uh, he's he's a complicated guy. Yeah, I'm 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 there I'm there for for Glenn Ford for his he's he's given it he's given his all. I feel like a lot, and I think the nice to play a whole lot of different angles.
0: Yes, but I think what what I then like about it is that it allows him to, like I said, he is he has a chance of getting out of this right that he is from jump like why is this woman paying 50 bucks that I just met paying 50 bucks so I don't have to go to jail? Like what's in it for her? I don't trust women. And it turns he's out very kind of right not to. Yes.
1: yes. The film, the film totally validates his, his decision that he should not. It's also trust like,
0: him. you know, I would also be like, okay, I just met you. Why are you paying 50 bucks? So I don't have to go to prison and then putting me up at a, at a hotel. Like that yes. is suspicious behavior. And he's, it's,
1: he's, all the entire time he's he's asking the right questions right he's trying Uh, to figure out what's going on and he probably has good reason to given how how screwed over he he has been over and over again
0: right right and so and i think that's the thing is it makes him it makes him active right like he is he is a player in a situation and it becomes a a battle of of wits and will as to whether he'll make out ahead or, or whether she will
1: i do think that's um that's spot on and and it is a ni- it it sets him nicely apart from from poor hapless chris who who is not driving his own plot
0: no he's yeah he's just kind of carried along and actually i was thinking just now that's making think of one of the other changes right is for from la chienne is that the the dead husband coming back is taking is like basically a like a five or ten minute sequence in Scarlet Street, whereas it's a pretty long-running B plot in, yeah, La Chienne.
1: It's, uh, it's blown up much more in Lachian, and it, it right. feels and so like I think it, it gives
0: was... him something to do, right? Like it gives him, like, all right, you're, I'm getting taken advantage of by in this situation it, with the, the, um, but uh, I, at the same time, of, I'm dealing with the, the husband parts thing. Of,
1: that's one of the parts of Lachian that I I like the least. So I didn't mind it being minimized. Yeah, it's not but great, it does feel but like it gives something to do. It feels like it's in there. As, as check in Scarlet Street like it's checking off uh this was in the the novel and we have to have this this well, I think you needed, to to um to give him an out with his wife right that's the thing is
0: you need you need some kind of plot mechanism to give him an out with his wife so that he is but like fully invested it which understandable yeah it's not like great right you're like so you faked your death but now you're coming back to what's yeah. going on um anyway but we're not talking about that right now we're talking about framed the setting here is pretty interesting too right i like this
1: i like the setting a lot i think that's i think that's really it's a a nice it's a it's a small town but it doesn't look too small like obviously it's not la but it's um it it, there's there's you know some amount some degree of civilization here uh but it's a, a mining town a prospecting town we haven't um we haven't seen that before uh i like uh get some out in the open a bit. you get some nice um you go out nice, to the mine
0: shaft, and
1: yeah, you get them standing over the cliff, kind of mm. uh like a nice little menacing shot tomorrow will it, it, uh, happen and um and then yeah, the hunting lodge. and the, and the, the hunting lodge has a nice real like villainous layer vibe to it, the roaring fire and uh and B- Barry Sullivan generally worked quite well for me here. Um, yes. He would, yeah. Same. Uh, I thought it was very good. He,
0: he doesn't strike me as an actor with like a lot of range, and but this seemed really well suited to him.
1: Yeah. Uh, no. I think. I think he. Um, he was. Um, he. He was. He was nicely cast at putting putting the banker as the foil to uh, as the male foil to to Glenn Ford's. Mike, i thought was a, a a good touch and uh the
0: interesting thing is they, they've they only got like basically one long scene together starting at the mine and going through to the lodge like yeah. that's the only time that they talk um doesn't which makes sense because then he gets like... killed
1: <laughs> What, what, what does he say about there, there's something I flagged that was just too ridiculous um, where he, he mentioned something about like, he has to, he has a mining degree. You have to know a little bit of everything being. A oh, yeah. I also about, have
0: a, yeah. Like, I also know some mining. You're yeah. like, okay. Okay. <laughs> but you know, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things to where you're just like, I don't know. I'm kind of curious if that might've played differently at the time. Not, not just, just the, like, I, don't know. Um, I, I do sometimes feel like, you know, over the last hundred years, We've accumulated so much knowledge and like and and you just need to become so much more of a specialist to succeed in any given field. Whereas like a hundred years ago, you could kind of show up and be like, I kind of know how to do this. And like, all right, well, nobody else is here. Go ahead. That's true. And now it's like I have 10 years of education after high school plus five references. And they're still like, I don't know.
1: That might not be enough. Um I'm I I'm so interested. We spent so much time. With Barry himself, and and we see his wife, and we his see wife, yeah, such an interesting in scene, office. yeah. Office, and and so they do lay groundwork for it, and I really was not expecting that the turn in the the car,
0: which is that she kills him. Yeah, no, I I wasn't either. Like I, yeah. What do um, you make of that? Yeah, so and I see you know too. So I'm with, in the moment, I was a little like, this does not feel like it, like. I, I don't buy that she loves that she has fallen for Mike so much that she's willing to kill the other guy I, in the I was, scheme. I was
1: trying to approach it as a pragmatic decision, not so as I, a, I got as... there
0: pragmatically though, because then it becomes like she's going to rather than have you know, so she's got two partners in the situation, right? And the original plan is one dies uh in the place of the banker, and then she and the banker split 250. 250 which mind you is in a uh, thing uh, ready for her to take she just needs the key but he's got the key and what she does is i'm going to kill him frame the other one for murder because i know that he has blackouts when he drinks and then i get all 250 to myself i don't think they ever actually articulate that particularly well but that was my takeaway was in that moment. She, and it took and it took me like a scene or two to retroactively understand why she did it when she starts threatening him. And, or not threatening him, but when she starts being like, yeah, you, you killed him. That was really weird that you did that. We better kind of get out of here. Um, and that's when I started to understand that like, that- okay, she she kind of like improvised and was like, okay, if I kill him and then tell him he did it, he'll believe it. And then I can get the 250 for myself.
1: That all makes sense, and I and I think all of that would have been would have gone down easier if if Janice Carter had and one, if the script all, allowed for it, but also I if if Janice Carter was you know uh, uh, yes. on the on a little bit higher level, I think I think we. No, would. Have, I
0: definitely I definitely had to do a lot of that work in yeah. lifting for this for the film myself but i was like okay okay,
1: i got there is it you can't really you can't really look at it like there's no passion there yeah there's a there's a limit to these women falling for drifters right right i mean to me
0: even even more than that moment was when she like almost poisons him and then like changes her mind like even that i was a little like
1: "Mm." yeah yeah Um, but i
0: don't know it's it's just so like efficient and no nonsense about what it's about and it kept me guessing enough and it like did, I j-
1: did not also like, this movie has a good closing um mm. uh, specifically for for Mike's Arc um I I like the last line that him him like you'll you'll get a big reward for this you keep it and um that's right
0: it pays it, off a couple of different through lines and
1: uh so so props to having a a, a strong tie in at the end that that brings it back to the um to the work this working man's noir. Mm-hmm. Um so I respect that.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that the uh the miner didn't get uh didn't get killed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For for Jeff.
0: I mean that was another like fun twist where I was like, oh now it's gonna be about him having to prove that he didn't do it. But then lo and behold, just through sheer happenstance. And it feels very like cohen's in that way in sort of an uncaring universe sense where like it doesn't matter who's plotting or scheming it's going to go awry right that is like i'm going to frame you for this murder and then turn they've because they got picked happened to pick up that bag from the mining site the uh, the third guy gets, gets blamed you, for the murder
1: you could say this about like half of all noir but like can't you just see a cohen version of of this totally playing out where they flesh out the town a little bit more and right everybody's just and, kind of a little
0: uh, bit funnier yeah yeah
1: yeah picture how they would handle and and i'm sure I mean, it's it would...
0: basically uh you know um burn after reading
1: yeah that's true <laughs> that is very true uh but it, as as always i think it's nice to to get out of the city a bit and to yes. um, uh let things open up um uh, just shows shows that noir can be can be more adaptable than you know we initially think, and uh, and that there's definitely a space for the noir western. Yeah. This is yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it's like a saloon. basically is not quite enough western, but it, there's there's touches, there's flourishes like the like the saloon. Yeah. Um, I and and the prospecting is there. I I would have, I, I think it probably could have gone gone harder in that direction sure. if it wanted to. i'm sure but... that was
0: more of like a budgetary constraint at that point
1: yeah that's true
0: um so yeah so I, we touched on that before but i i personally i liked that glenn ford was just a little bit more active and and was had a had a fighting shot in the whole thing um
1: is is he um well okay i i get and i i get that on a on an enjoyment of the film Um, level but as far as how good of a patsy he is do we like our patsy being um being um more ornery and stubborn like uh, like like glenn or do we like him being a a real a a real sap like robinson i think
0: i think if it's a real sap i need to have less sympathy than i do for for cross Mm -hmm. Like at that point, I just feel, I just feel bad for him. I'm not enjoying what's coming to him. I'm just like, Oh God, you dumb. I
1: guess I get that. I, I, I don't feel You're just a sociopath. I, I think so. I was, I was like, no, cause you want to feel, you want to feel superior to the Patsy. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I, um, and okay, Mike is, Mike is messy, no doubt. But um, and I don't love the the bits of misogyny. But ultimately, I feel like Mike is like like wanting to stand up for workers' rights and advocate for the right. the, the small man. And I'm like I, I I feel for you. Whereas whereas I don't really feel. I just feel like like Edward G. is just so downtrodden, so walked over. <laughs> he deserves it. I don't it. I don't have that same.
0: He got what's coming to him.
1: Ugh. Um and and it could be a a. A combination of that and the the women that are manipulating them respectively sure, sure. that um uh, that one is more formidable than the other.
0: <laughs> oh boy! And yeah, what about what about those women? Um, I mean, I think we both in agreement. Janice, uh, what's her name? Carter. Not Carter.
1: great. No, she's on the on the lower lower end of the the. But Joan Bennett.
0: This, this is a really fun. I don't know. I I wish her scenes were in a different movie because she is just like chewing them up and spitting them out
1: yeah And uh, there's just something about her take on the femme fatale she's not
0: she's so she's probably the most hard-boiled femme fatale that we've seen
1: yeah she's not um
0: like she could be uh, in my camera movie we're
1: gonna we're gonna move um we're mm. well we're gonna move into uh a few coming up that are more um uh elegant um mm. and and she's just like the, the total reverse of that. She she is yeah, right. Like a like a my camera dame, right? It, it, um it's so fun watching. Her.
0: Any other, any other last thoughts about the the Patsy here?
1: I, I like that we've got a few different molds of our, our patsy. Let's keep uh keep our eyes peeled for them as they mm-hmm. pop up throughout our uh the rest of our season. We will be seeing them again. But, uh but yeah, I think that uh this these are um, these are certainly both worth checking out, uh, Scarlet Street, uh, may have been more my pace and, and frame more Fred's, but, uh, but I think if you're a, a fan of, of noir, you're, you're going to find something to like in both of them.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think framed is much more the like, no frills B movie. Um, and if you just love putting one of those on, on a like rainy afternoon, this'll do. I mean, that's literally the conditions that I watched it. It was like a rainy Sunday afternoon. I was like, this is perfect. This is how this is meant to be seen.
1: Hmm. Nice, yeah. No, it's uh, it's spot on. It moves quick. It's yeah. um, it's good. Uh, anything else you want to cover? No, I think that does it
0: for me. Uh, but in honor of Kiss Me Deadly, what's something that you recently? Speaking of my camera, what's something you recently watched that's so good it deserves to be glowing in that suitcase and promising the end of the world?
1: Nah, uh, okay. Um, uh, among uh, among my. Uh, my more recent obsessions—I've been, I've been binging a lot of early '90s films um, and and trying to check off some ones that I have uh, previously been missing. Um, and and did a couple revisits to one of which being um, being Days of Being Wild, which I really really love. Uh, great great Wangkar Y. Uh, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about a different Maggie Chung movie. Because she's my absolute favorite, and uh, I'd never seen Center Stage before, and it is, oh, holy cow! It is, it is so, um, it is, it is this uh, hybrid of of um, biopic and documentary of the making of of this of this of the same film, um, which sounds very complicated, but um, it. Uh, it's It's cut between shots of uh, of Maggie Chung playing this um this classic Chinese actress and with and with them actually making the movie itself. and think, and the yeah. way it's stitched together, uh, it's it's pretty languid, but it just gains so much potency. and it feels like it feels like a eulogy um, hmm. by the end. And and I just found myself totally over emotionally overrun by it in the last stretch. Um, it's uh, directed by Stanley Kwan. Really, really great movie. Uh, uh one of Maggie's very best performances, and that saying something. Uh, absolutely loved it. Uh,
0: actually, I I saw your raves about it, and I I did give it a try, and I got to say I, I bounced off of it. I I hope to revisit it at some point. It was also like. Leaving Criterion it's, that week or something. Oh, was it? Oh, um so it's all—it's uh, all,
1: it's long. It's it. it yeah, I just didn't much, prioritize I didn't it. And it, it. And I didn't
0: get it done before. So at some point, I'll 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 give it another try because um, she is great. So I'm I'm sure I'll 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 get on board with it. Um,
1: and it's and i and i hate to be like one of those people that's like you have to stick it out till the the sometimes you just gotta learn
0: the language of the movie and get its pace and yeah.
1: it's really one of those things where i was like this is good this is good this is and then all of a sudden i was just like i i the entire last 45 minutes or so i was so i I was so transfixed by it Um, Mm. and i was like oh this is why i watch movies yeah I, i loved it
0: like i said i'll definitely be be taking another go at it um no i actually want to plug something. um yeah so i don't know this probably will no longer be available by the time this episode comes out but i'm at least saying it so that if you're interested tristan you can watch it and then everybody (laughs) else can keep an eye out um i watched uh the timekeepers of eternity uh which is a
1: i don't know what that is
0: it's a fascinating experimental film that takes the tv movie of um the uh, uh what what's it called oh my god the the king uh, uh the langoliers That's it it takes uh the tv movie version of stephen king's the langoliers uh and cuts it down to a 1 hour film but the thing that's fascinating about it is that um after the the um, director finished editing it down to this version. He then printed each frame onto its own piece of paper, and then manipulated the paper as he turned it into a basically a um, an animated film. And so, like the texture of the paper itself, as he crumples it and rips it, begins to change the composition and storytelling and like it it's just if you're into experimental film especially experimental film that um really um manipulates film language and kind of pushes how you tell a story in cinema uh it is worth watching it is currently available to watch for free for the month of october on vimeo after that it's not like I, don't, I think there's like, it's a question of how legal it is. So it may disappear after that. Um, so I don't know oh. if it will still be available by the time this episode comes out. If it is, and that sounds interesting to you, you should watch it. Um, shout out to uh, film critic, Doug Dilliman, who, whose review of it I saw and convinced me to to give it a watch. Um, but I was just gobsmacked by what it's doing and how it uses like a very specific application of the medium to convey some really interesting like narrative techniques and ideas so if that if that sounds interesting and it's still available wherever you are you can find a copy give it a watch and it's like sixty I, minutes it goes by super fast
1: i I, I was just like bemoaning that 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 i i ha- I feel like I have such trouble finding modern films that that really challenge my um, my engagement with the form itself uh, enough, or like show me, show me something that I I really haven't seen before. And I know that gets harder, right? The more you watch, the more um, right, that's just absolutely. Like, um, but but um, but yeah, I I I like I like big formative swings.
0: No, I'm yeah, I'm with you 100. And this was that for me. I mean, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Wolf House if you watch that, just in how it's kind of using texture and sort of a three-dimensionality to what it's photographing to kind of shifting from two-dimensionals, two-dimension to to three-dimension, but it, I mean, this is really on a whole, a whole other level, not only that, but, like, the, the, the clever, I mean, it's also so clever in that, like, the source material is perfectly suited to the technique on so many different levels that, I don't think it could be as successful with any other movie. It just so happens that movie is like a three-hour made-for-TV adaptation of a you know mid-tier Stephen King novel. Like it, it is just like a perfect alignment of so many different things to make it work. Um, up to and including like the the technique of of this director who just kind of did it himself. It's it's great. So again, cannot recommend it highly enough. If it's still streaming or still available right. to watch. You
1: described all of this to me, and I still feel like I, I like I can't. You just have to watch it to experience it. Right. Like it, it uh, really. And that's gr- good. I want. And part I've... of it is bring, I don't want to. Bring it on.
0: He he, like keeps finding new ways to apply the technique he's developed to tell the story that he's telling in a specific way. Mm-hmm. So it also is just thrilling. Like part of the joy for me of watching the movie is just constantly being like, what new clever way is he going to use this to express some very cool idea? um so i don't want to give anything away either like i don't want to spoil the filmmaking technique that's being applied so give it a watch then let me know we can talk about it
1: all right all right i think i can manage a 60 minute um uh, experimental film yeah all right
0: <sighs> all right um so yes uh, and to everybody else i hope you do get a chance to watch it in some way in some form All right. Well, thanks as always for joining us on this excavation of the darkest, grittiest of genres. You can find us online at celluloiddirt.com and on Letterboxd under the handle Celluloid Dirt. Join us next time when we jump into a two-part examination on a classic setup of the genre. We'll be looking at what happens when you get in over your head with the boss's wife. No surprise, this rarely goes well. Until then, may your viewings be riddled with scandal and desperation. Good night. Celluloid Dirt is a Strange Phantom production. Written and produced by Tristan Johnson and Fred Pelser. Music by Kevin McLeod. His work can be found at incompetech.com. If you like the podcast, tell a friend.